0: up. This is Matt Dietz, and this is Simply Explaining Insurance. This is the show where I tell you what you need to know about insurance in a way that you can understand it, because I know what you don't know about insurance, and I know what you need to know. All right, today's show is going to be a little different, so is next week. I met a new friend. His name is David Hitz, and uh, he is involved with a company that does loss control inspections and audits, and uh, we got together and talk shop and tried to put together some information that would be really helpful for you and your clients. Uh, this is something that I think a lot of agents kind of learn on the go. There's no formal training in how these processes work. They're just kind of presented to us. So I wanted to bring him in and Talk about what the process is like so you know what to expect. You know how to better inform your client. You can be there to make these processes go a lot easier. You can be in a liaison. And so we talk about how to prep your clients for these types of things, what to do during, what to do after. So we're going to start off the first episode. We're going to start off with uh, what it's like to have a loss control inspection done. And then next week we uh, finish up. We're going to talk about work comp premium audits. So here we go. Thanks, David, for coming in. All right. Well, I am joined today with David Hits, who is uh, we like to call him Big Wave Dave, with yeah. Kahana. Exactly. Thanks for coming in, Dave. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, man. So, Dave looked me up, did some research, found me uh, through searching. You were searching, uh, you know, insurance podcasts, and you know, I I do I do a few of those, and so <laughs> yeah. you were looking to maybe help uh, spread some knowledge about maybe how your industry works, and I was like, I'm all in because I think. What you do? What tell me what Kahana does? Why don't you just tell me what you do, and then it'll help explain why we're talking today.
1: Yeah, so Kahana does premium audits and loss control inspections.
0: Great, which is a formal part of our business. I think a lot of agents kind of come across this. Uh, there's very little or no training on on this part of of our business. It just kind of falls in our lap, and so I think it's important. I think this is an important conversation to help educate. You know agents and agency owners on what you do in the field um how we can be a good middleman for the audit process between the insurance companies and the audit company mm-hmm. and um so yeah let's talk a little bit about what this process is like but i do want you to start with tell me a little about yourself like how'd you get into this like how long you've been doing it so i want you to tell me a little bit about your story then we'll get into the meat of it
1: yeah we so my family started in this industry in 1980-something, early 80s. Nice. And so I was kind of born into it. And what happened was my, my dad had started this company and worked to grow it and actually followed a lot of the farmers' regional offices because he knew if there's a regional office, there's going to be business. Right. Right. And so he worked to build those relationships. And we grew this company for a few decades. Okay. And uh, you know we were doing about thirty million in sales and, and became a pretty big competitor. We were one of the top at the in this industry. Great. And
0: were and, you working in like all fifty states, or were you kind of regional, or what did we started regional on yeah. the west
1: coast uh, and grew slowly, and then kind of made a few really good connections connections on the east coast. Nice. And in two thousand six, we opened up Hawaii and Alaska, which was the last of the fifty
0: collect the whole set yeah nice yeah
1: so we did work everywhere uh and then we we kind of creeped up into a little bit of canada okay and so we were doing that for for a long time uh, hundreds of employees you know just a good operation and in year over year we saw growth mm-hmm. and it wasn't um it wasn't just luck it was building relationships Yeah. caring about the people that we were working with and the people within our company And, and we, uh, you know, grew so much that we were courted by one of our competitors and they bought us and we continued to run things for a few years and, and then we parted ways. And, and at that point it was kind of a, you know, retrospect looking back of, would we do things differently? Sure. And. And all of us decided, yeah, we, we probably would maybe a little, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, and so once non-competes lapsed, we, uh, my brother started up Kahana okay. and Kahana in Hawaiian means turning point. Okay. Right. So, um, pretty focused on doing things differently. And this industry and insurance in general can be a bit stiff, as you know. No. Um, you're not the typical <laughs> agent, right? I'm, I don't know if, if, your listeners know, but you know, I'm sitting in your office and you've got a Foo Fighters poster up yes, on your wall, right? He's my hero. And, uh, well, Dave girl shreds, <laughs> he's, he's, he's amazing, but yeah. he's know, a great
0: business owner too. It, he is. Yeah. Right.
1: And, and so we wanted to bring some lightheartedness. We wanted to bring, um, you know, just something different to the industry. Good. And thank you for light-hearted. That. Yeah. yeah.
0: When did you start Kah- or when was Kahana started?
1: Kahana started uh, about 4 years ago. Okay. And so we my we've been doing premium audits phone and virtual primarily uh for that time. Okay. And always with the intention of also doing loss control inspections. Okay. And so recently we have been rolling out loss control inspections, which is heavily what I do. Okay. Um, because that's more of where my experience was uh, as a phone inspector during high school and, you know, field inspector. Um, and for a while, then managed the phones and, and created, you know, kind of this this product that I called a, a hybrid inspection. Uh-huh. Um, essentially, getting everything that you need for a field inspection, but without having to actually go, go right. to the field.
0: All right. Well, let's talk. Let's dive into... Uh, loss control inspections okay. let's start there so a loss control inspection is when an insurance company on the generally on the commercial side will um, order up an inspection of the business to make sure that it's safe essentially, right? In its simplest terms, they want to make sure it's safe. We want to limit any sort of potential claims, any sort of future claims. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, they send out someone like you to go and get their eyes on the location, take some notes, take some pictures, get them back and make recommendations to the business owner in order to, you know, again, prevent any claims. Now, this is something that the business owner may not know is part of the deal, especially a new business owner. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, and even the agents maybe not know that this is part of the deal, but it's a formal part of the contract that they sign. Like mm-hmm. the, the insurance company reserves the right to go in and, you know, take a sneak and peek and look around. So, um, so what we want to do is kind of tell the agents a little bit of like what happens during, a, mm-hmm. an inspection, uh, maybe how to talk about it with their clients, how to get their clients ready. And then maybe what happens after the inspection, things like that. So Why don't you tell me about what the process is like? Like, how do you get, how do you, how does the inspection come to you? Like, Mm -hmm. and then what's your process like? So walk, just walk me through what you guys do.
1: Perfect. So generally speaking, um, we are, we're in the business to save lives, property and money. Right. Yeah. So when, what happens is we'll get a job from the carrier of the policy and, And they'll say, hey, we we want this place inspected. And that can be a phone inspection. It could be a field inspection. The process is pretty similar regardless. We're going to get a nice understanding of what the operation is, right? How many people own the the business, right? What are they doing? How many employees do they have? All of that stuff. Uh, And then we're going to also get some of the financials. You know, what are your gross sales? Mm-hmm. What's your payroll look like? And what we're doing is we're painting the picture for the carrier of the policy so that they can better understand who they're insuring, right, where's their money going? And which, which is important right there, just understanding what my, what my risk is as an investment for just the general operation, sure. right? There are some industries that by nature of the industry are a little more risky per se, and, and so we kind of help with that, but when we're going in we're doing a, a field inspection, uh, or, or doing a virtual inspection, we are also looking for fire hazards. We're looking for safety hazards. Um, you know, if there are things that are just off, um, structurally we're looking at things, right? So, so kind of some of the most simple things, uh, we're looking at. For example, the fire hazards. We wanna we're gonna be walking through or getting pictures of hot water heaters, right? Yep. Of of any of your, your heating.
0: Right. Is there anything close to an open flame? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have or your boxes? Element, right. Yeah.
1: Are your boxes stored right next to your to your water heater? Right. Because if so, you're gonna need to move those, right? right? <laughs> and that's gonna come in the form of a recommendation. Sure. Right. And you've got a formal recommendation. and so depending on what things look like in the the business, in the office, in, uh, out in the field, depending on what's going on. If you're a contractor, we're going to meet you out there and see what type of an operation you're doing.
0: All right. Yeah. So I'm curious, David, like, how are you trained? How are you trained to look for this stuff? Like, I'm sure that you've gone through some sort of training, t- t- you know, to be more adept at looking for this stuff. So what kind of training are you put through so that you can walk in and you can just like do your
1: thing? Yeah, so collectively, uh, Kahana, Kahana has over a hundred years of collective experience, and my personal training uh, started as a, as a wee lad, and <laughs> you know, on family trips we'd we'd go out and, and I'd go with my dad, and we'd be walking around a building, and 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 he'd he just owned it, right? The insured would kind of look at us, and, well, "You got your kids?" And, yeah, and they'd say, "Well, yeah, this is yeah. a family business. Absolutely, and, I love it. You know, and I, and we're all a part of this, and so." Um, my training was a little bit different in terms of the first parts of it, right? A little more informal. Um, but then there's, there's a whole kind of official, what are we looking at? And we've got all sorts of different codes and, and things that you go through. Um, and so you are getting trained by someone that is an expert, right? For me, I had two or three different people train me, um, first on phones, you know, why are we even doing this? What are we looking for? And then in the field, uh, going out you're doing ride alongs, you're getting that expert training. And then the other thing that is super important is your review, right? Once you've got all of your information, you're putting it into a report, you're sending it, getting ready to send it back to the carrier. That's all going to go through review. And so we have experts that have been doing this for decades and decades that are looking at all this and saying, what's off, what's good, what's not right. What needs to go back for revision before we send this on?
0: Is the inspection pretty standardized or do certain carriers look and ask for different
1: things? By and large, the the meat of it is pretty standardized um, in the sense of what I just explained, right? A general operation description is, is huge. And then just a, a quick kind of picture of what it is. From there, there are some carriers that have things that they're looking for specifically. And those will come to us as a special request. Um, you know, especially there's some carriers that are, you know, a lot of their policies are restaurants or some that a lot of their policies are contractors. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those will all look a little bit different depending on that.
0: That makes sense. Um, I was going to ask you, are there industries that you see that are more prone to getting audited or, or for being, uh, inspected? Like I have a, general liability policy for my business. Mm-hmm. I've never had a loss control inspection. Okay. I've got 600 square feet. I got a few deaths and computers and stuff like that, but my company's never ordered a loss control inspection on mm-hmm. me, you know? So do you, have you seen, you know, certain industries that are more prone to getting regular ones or some that don't get any, right? Do you have any thought on that?
1: My personal experience has been, I've seen a lot of, you know, hotels, uh, contractors, restaurants those are some of the top that right right out the gate you see more inspections and audits uh being performed there right and, and part of that is the nature of the, the public um interaction yeah and so like i said we're, we're in it to, to save lives property and money and that first piece of saving lives if there's a major component of a public interaction with your operation then it's critical that we're making sure that it's safe yep right. people aren't going to die right and and then protecting you know, as you put it before, make sure there aren't claims, so protecting the investment of the insurance carrier they want to know what is their return on investment right, right? They don't want to have to be shelling out all this money because people are being unsafe,
0: yeah now you said sometimes you're going to look for gross sales in some of these is that mm-hmm. is that right? do you guys ask for formal? you know, P and L's and stuff like that to have in the report,
1: uh, typically for the loss control side of it. Not usually. Okay. However, for the premium audit side, 100%.
0: Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I know there are some insurance policies that are rated, you know, when we write a general liability policy on a company, it's generally rated. One of the things we rate on is, is, is one of two things, uh, either gross sales Or payroll some companies we rate the general liability on payroll and some of it's on gross sales and so um, if you say you're gonna do you know a million dollars worth of gross sales and this type of policy is rated on sales you know whatever premium shoots out is like okay this is a business that does a million dollars worth of sales I always tell my clients too, you know as your company grows if you if you do grow it we need those sales numbers updated regularly because if you do two million the next year You know, it's an indicator on how much business you're doing. Mm -hmm. The more business you're doing, the more risk that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a lawn care company that does a million dollars worth of business, you know, maybe you have whatever, 100 clients. I don't know how it works out. But if you do $2 million worth of business, maybe you have 200 clients. Mm -hmm. It really means your risk is twice as much you know, than it was before, in which case we have to charge more premium for it. You know, your, right. your premium isn't going to be level, you know? So I was wondering, I've seen some instances where, you know, in a loss control audit, you know, gross sales are, are part of the deal so that we can make sure that we're charging the proper amount, mm-hmm. you know? So,
1: yeah. So for the premium audits, those are, specifically are geared toward bringing those estimates and the actuals into alignment, right? right? So depending on what the policy is based on, what those class codes are, um, we're going to be looking at the class codes on the policy, and then we're going to be validating with, with official records of sorts, um, against those, right? Right. So for example, you, you mentioned a P and L yes, we're going to get a and from the insured or from the CPA to, to look at the sales. Um, you know, some other ones and, and this kind of, you know, generally speaking, a little bit of best practices for the policy holder and then for the agent to be aware of is right. Making sure that you're keeping a good record of, of your books in general. Definitely. Right. And, and so if that sales, payroll, whatever it is, depending on your operation, um, just keep a, a solid record, right? So so nine forty ones um is is an example of something that we can take as a record, a PL, uh, you know, different official ledgers. Um, you know, if you're using subcontractors, for example, you're gonna want to make sure that you get certificates of insurance. Because if you don't, then one, you can jeopardize your insurance policy and even holding it, but two, um, it's going to kind of default to a higher class code, right? How can they prove that that's what's going on? Right. Right. So you have to make sure that as the business owner, you're protecting yourself. And the best way to do that is to keep a solid system for those records. Definitely.
0: So when it comes to, you know, loss control inspections, what would you want an agent to know about? Um, what? How can an agent be of best service during this time? I know when I get sometimes all I need. Sometimes I get called by you know the the you know loss control companies, and they're like, "Hey, we're trying to get a hold of so and so. We can't. They're not answering their phone. They're not. They're not responding to us. Do you think you can maybe you know nudge them our way and things like that?" And so sometimes that's the only you know role that i'm asked to do is to Mm -hmm. just help make the connection you know then when something comes up in the in the um in the process and there are some recommendations those do come to me and then i can kind of help smooth that through Mm -hmm. because i think the business owners sometimes think that this is a nuisance you know a lot of times they're like why do we have to do this what is this for and business owners are busy You know, it's hard to get in front of them, but, um, you know, they need to understand that, that, you know, this is a formal request. If it's not done, the insurance company has the right to non renew them, which would be bad, you know? And um, at the end of the day, what is happening in this process, I believe, is a service to the client.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: And I don't think that that is portrayed in a way that's like, hey, now that you're insured with us, you get this free service, you know, like every right. so often. We're going to make sure you're safe. And like, it doesn't come across like that. So that's kind of what I've learned to explain to my clients who are being asked to be inspected. I'm like, look, this is a good thing for your business, mm-hmm. right? It's no charge. We're paying for it. You know, the insurance company is paying for this. Um, and we're going to make sure that we keep your business safe and your people safe and stuff like that. So that's what would you want an agent to to know like during this process so that we can all be on the same team working towards the same goal.
1: Yeah, so you've been around this for quite some time now um, and you've got an understanding of what the process looks like and the purpose behind it, right? So my question to you is, how often are you talking about this when you are beginning a policy?
0: Well, we talk about the the work comp audit. when we When we get into the work comp audit, it's a formal part of my process okay. <clears throat> when we're getting ready to onboard them as a client. Cause I don't want them. I don't want there to be any surprises.
1: Right. in in work comp and payroll. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Giving them a nice heads up of be ready it and, took, and prepared yeah. and have a, that system in place for records. Right. But it,
0: it took me a while cause we didn't, it took me a while to really make it a more formal process with some of my other like general liability clients for, you know, loss control inspections, because I had, I didn't see a lot of them early in my, I didn't see yeah. a lot of them for a long time. Yeah. And so it wasn't like a normal thing that was coming in every month. And we do a lot of commercial here. And so it wasn't until you know pretty recently that we started seeing these more regularly, they were really random, and they were really sporadic, and we might see a few a year, mm-hmm. it wasn't a real aggressive part of our you know uh, renewal process and things like that. We're seeing it more regularly now, so now we're making it more of a part of hey, you know, at some point in time this might happen. There's no schedule. From what I can tell, it's random. I'm trying to get a hold of my my underwriters, Nick. You know, how are these triggered? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, yeah, we're just trying to you know over communicate is something that. I have found to be very useful, you know, in every part of my life, but, you know, especially when dealing with clients and stuff like that.
1: I think that that's important. And, and that's exactly what I would say is over communicate. When you're signing up a policy, when you're renewing a policy, right? One of the, one of the things that should be critical as an agent is building a relationship with the policyholder. right? You should be building those relationships so that, it's not weird when you call them when you have questions or it's not this nuisance of, Hey, what do you want? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so it's one building that relationship so that two, you can have those conversations from the very beginning of that relationship and let them know that just like any other investment, right? The carrier is investing in them. They want to know, what's going on, they want to know what their risk is, and they want to make sure that people are going to be safe and that we're all going to make money, yep. right? Nobody goes into business to lose money. Nope. And so making sure that the insured knows from the very beginning there is a reason for this, right? And it may or may not happen, but I want you to know yep. that that you may get one, you may get an audit, uh, and that's more than likely because again, for the premium audit, that helps bring the actual and the estimate into kind of into alignment. And then for the loss control inspection, making sure that the business isn't going to blow up in, in a year or in a month because people are being unsafe or there's you know a fire hazard or they've got an outdated um, extinguisher and when a fire happens, you've got nothing to use. Right. right? Yeah. So um, that's one of the biggest things is just is just letting them know what it is that it's in the contract, it's more than likely going to happen at some point. Um and and to just be ready, right? And then continually reminding them as they renew the policy, as you build that relationship. And so the other thing too is by building that relationship, you're gonna have solid contact info. Because yeah. when it comes time for me to do the inspection or the audit and I can't get a hold of anybody. I'm coming to you, yeah. right? I'm gonna say, yeah, "Hey, yeah, AJ, <laughs> I need this information." Yeah. And and or one is is the valid is the information that I have valid, and two, if it is valid, then I need you to give a nice little nudge because this is important, yeah. right? This is an important part of the process and for their policy yeah. it protects all of us. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask, what are some of the most so when an when an audit is or when a uh, inspection is triggered. And we know it's coming, you know, what are some best practices for the business owner to, to prepare, you know, to, to pass the, the inspection mm-hmm. and that, and I don't mean like cover things up and hide things and stuff like that. Like just what are some things that they can do? What are some best practices? Or maybe the agent can call and say, Hey, look, what can an agent do to prep a business owner for an inspection? All right. They're coming out next week. Here are some things they're going to do. Here are some things they're going to look at here are some things that I would recommend that you do, you know, when they show up so that, you know, this process can go smoothly Mm -hmm. and you know, we can get on with the rest of our lives, you know? So is there anything that you would say that you'd want an agent to tell a business owner to prepare?
1: Yeah, but I would begin that conversation a lot earlier, right? Again, when you're, when you're writing the policy, when you're beginning that process, um, making sure that they understand the importance of keeping things safe, right? And so I would keep it very basic at the very beginning and say, make sure that you don't have, you know, slip and fall hazards. If you've got a storefront, um, don't let ice sit in front of your doorway, right? Okay. Shovel it, throw down your salt if you're in a place where there is, where there is, it's that type of a, an environment, right? Mm-hmm. Here in Idaho, it happens, yeah. right? And, and, and I've been on the other side of that as a business owner, making sure that my storefront was clear and, and probably overly you know, but because of my experience, I know something can happen. And if something happens, it's not going to be good for anybody. And, and so beginning that conversation early, just letting them understand the importance of, of, you know, fires, right? <laughs> safety, um, and, and good record keeping because those three, if they have systems in place to keep a, a good pulse on that, when it comes time for the inspection, it's going to be easy.
0: Right. That's the ideal, right? Uh, And it's a lot of the questions that are asked on the application side. I don't know if you know this or not, but are geared towards making sure that this place is going to be safe. So like our restaurant application is laced with information like, and these are questions that are really good to put in front of, especially new business owners, like maybe a new restaurant owner. Mm-hmm. So they're like, so we ask questions like, you know, how often do you have your filters cleaned? You know, over your
1: your if you got a hood. Yeah, right. if you've got right. a hood,
0: and that might be something they've never thought of before. Exactly. You know, how often are you having that cleaned? How often are the filters cleaned? How often are you having your, yeah. Uh, right suppression system service you know mm-hmm. things like that are things that you're gonna ask but these are questions that are brought up in their formal parts of the application process and I always like asking those questions because you can really tell where a business owner is you mm-hmm. they can be and they might know you know the answers because they've been a restaurant owner for 15 years and right they have it scheduled they got the company that comes out every month and they do this but if they're brand new they might be like oh I don't know how often should we clean that, you know? And they may not yeah. know, and you can be like, "Well, it's recommended that that monthly." You have, you have that. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Right in, in that situation, yeah. given given the hood. Do right. they use cut-proof gloves? You know, when if they're a deli or something like that, or mm-hmm. do you have non-slip mats? Do you make your people wear non-slip shoes, open-toed shoes? Is that allowed? These are questions that are part of the process um, to help keep them safe. And my hope is that it's triggering, like this is a best practice to keep your people safe, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's something that would be uncovered in an, in an inspection. If you roll into a deli and you see people not wearing gloves or maybe they don't have hairnets or whatever you're looking for in there, Right, you know, that will, that'll come out in an inspection. So.
1: And I think that you're right. Um, having gone through that process as a business owner of a food operation, um, with farmers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My, myself, uh, it does help. And, yeah. and just generally speaking, anytime that you can have that information earlier, the better it is to, to prime everything. And so it will cause questions for the insured, um, to understand what they need to do to, to be successful, but to be safe, to make sure things aren't going to blow up that, you know, if something does catch fire and all those things. Right. And and so I think one of the best things that you can do as an agent is ask those questions. Yeah. Ask, you know, of your policy holder, Hey, are you doing these things? Right. Because you're going to want to make sure that your butt's covered too. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's like on the, on an application for like, if we do a, like a, uh, an apartment complex, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole different set of questions. There. Oh, yeah. You know, like, are your hallway, are the stairwells lit? You know, do yes. you have, do you have proper lighting in this, do you have proper exit signs here? You and know, are the are
1: stairwells you, inside or outside, right. right? And if they're outside, do you have, you know, slip resistant covering? You right. Have? Things like that.
0: Yeah. Are you, do you allow grills on the patios or something yes, like that like exactly. that's yep. another one Those too all parts so. of the
1: of, of that apartment <laughs> complex and, and hotels depending on what it is right yes. but, yeah
0: so the application is a great opportunity to have these conversations right on the front and even before there are clients i mean these are questions that have to be a- answered mm-hmm. and when the application is done and it's answered you know that is what the underwriters get and believe is the what the risk is some of the answer the wrong way like we won't write them yeah. They're like well, you let charcoal grills on those. We don't want it. You know, mm-hmm. we'll decline it, and so. But that might be a way for them to tighten up their process too, and be like, well, maybe we won't do charcoal. We won't allow charcoal grills on our on our patios anymore because nobody
1: will insure us, right.
0: which can be the case. You well, know?
1: and again, those are good conversations to have you with the policyholder. Hey, do you have this op- type of a thing going in your operation, and if so, do you plan on keeping it that way? Right. Because I would recommend not doing it yeah. right. And a little trade secret that I think
0: a lot of agents do know, but we had to learn at some point was we are looking, the, the underwriters can give discounts and credits if they are more safe than the average risk. And this is something that I had to learn was um, when I would do a quote for a company and it would come back and let's say it was like $5,000 or something like that, but I needed it to be lower to be competitive. I needed to get to $4,000. I'd go to my underwriter and say, hey, can you give me some credits here? And they'd be like, why? Why? And essentially, the simplest answer question was, why is your risk that we're, that you're quoting right now safer than the average risk in that industry? Yeah, you've got to justify that, huh? Right. And I was like, I don't know. I don't run a... Coffee shop. I don't know what it takes. So I was like, so I had to ask. I'm like, well, what are you looking for? Like, I don't, I don't know. What are you, lo- what do you want me to say? Like, what would make it safer? And they were awesome. And this is how we learn. My inner was like, they asked me all these questions. Like some of the things I already talked to you about, like, do they have slip proof mats? You know, what kind of employee turnover do they have? Yeah. Have their people worked there the whole time? So there's no training that needs to be done. They know how to work their craft properly. What are they doing for like burn prevention and things like that. Um what do they have a protocol for slip and fall? Do they have safety meetings? So you learn all of these things on the front end so that the pricing can be you can get credits, you can get the pricing down. But we have to learn and again this is a benefit to the between the agent and the business owner and so many ways. You're helping the business owner be safer. Mm -hmm. You're building that relationship by advising them on how to keep it safe. You're going to keep their premiums down and And you're just helping them, you know, run a safer business. And I think that's, that's a great service to provide.
1: I completely agree. Right. And being able as a business owner to say, I'm keeping my people safe, I'm keeping my customers safe. Right. And the way that I prepare, You know, if you're a restaurant, the way you prepare your food is in a manner that you're not going to get people sick. Right? That you're not, you know, you're not going to have just
0: slinging raw chicken all over the place. Or you're not going to
1: have glass above your ice. (laughs) Right? You know, which which historically is one of the. You know, recommendations that that often would come for hotels That's and solid advice and restaurants. Right? Don't put glass in right. your eyes. Like
0: lifting techniques is another yeah. thing too. Are well, you absolutely. storing fifty pound boxes above your shoulders? And mm-hmm. like, are you using you know dollies to move heavy boxes around and stuff like that? All of these mm-hmm. things are stuff that I've learned over eighteen years that I never you know knew before. But it's just good to build up this kind of you know library of knowledge and have these organic conversations. You know so it helps not only you know onboarding the client but when a loss control you know inspection happens it's like remember all those questions i asked you in the beginning yeah like, there's a reason yeah exactly. so let's see if you're doing what you say you're gonna yeah do.
1: well and that's just it right then we go and we do the inspection and and if it's virtual or if it's field we'll get we'll get photos yep and we'll we'll get you know, kind of that—that that proof of this is what's going on in the operation.
0: So, talk to me about a virtual audit. This is kind of newer, I think, in in the industry. I'm sure COVID made it a necessity, um, or inspections were really tamped down. Were you guys doing inspections during COVID?
1: Yeah. So, you know, looking back ten years or so, uh, one of the areas that I oversaw was uh, all the Northwest. Including Alaska. And uh, as you know, Alaska is super Far. spread out. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and and so we had policies all over, right? And so that was one of the, the complications of how do we get people to do this work, right? We, yeah. We're not going to pay you know, six, $700 for someone to go out and do it because it's only going to cost us a hundred dollars or 200 or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. So it just didn't make sense financially. And so, uh, so that's when me and one of my colleagues kind of put together this, this hybrid inspection and what it, it one, it saves money. It allows us to then have better scheduling with the insured, uh, especially for contractors they are notoriously running behind or they have to, you know, drop whatever they're doing and go get some equipment, something broke down, right? right. They need new materials. There's a lot of reasons why their schedules have to be flexible in order to, to do their job. Right. right. And which makes it hard to schedule. Yep. Right. And so <laughs> that was one of the things we were running on, in, running into, as well as uh, some, you know, high value dwellings. People have a house on the lake in Moses only
0: there. Right. Four months. Exactly. Maybe not even. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what we did is we, we kind of took that step back and, and said, okay, can we combine our phone inspections and our field inspections and create this hybrid? And that's what we did. And, and so with COVID, it has become more popular. Um, but pre COVID, I was pushing it a lot with my more rural, areas, uh, sure. you know, the customers, our customers, the carriers that were riding in those areas um, for that very reason, right? Let me help keep the costs lower for you, but still get you all of the information that you need that is as close to a field inspection as you can get, right? Because we're going to instruct the insured what pictures we need. We're not going to prep them and say, hey, I want you to do this, you know, house cleaning and do all this, deep, yeah. you know, hey, this is what I need a picture of, right? And, and get me a roof line picture give me pictures of all sides of the, uh, the exterior, right? Do you have fire extinguishers? Great. Give me a picture of that and the tags, right? Make sure those tags are up to date and and we're not going to tell them all that. Right. But, but we're going to tell them what pictures we need, how to take those pictures. And and then we're going to have an interview over the phone. We're going to gather the rest of the information. We're going to go over the pictures and then we're going to be able to make recommendations. And so the only thing that is different is I'm not physically there. Right. I haven't had to spend time and money to get to wherever you're at. And so it's been a huge benefit for, for us in terms of being able to complete it because our completion rate is a lot higher. We don't have as many, you know, quote, productive jobs being sent back. Nice. And, and then it still gives all of the information to you and the underwriter um, that, that they need to know that your, your policy is in safe hands. Right. right, your your business owner cares about what they're doing, right, or doesn't? <laughs> you know, right. right. <laughs>
0: Sometimes they don't. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. Um, so when uh, when it's done and and there are recommendations that come through, I have noticed um, some recommendations. Well, I see a report and that, you know, the, the bad ones or the, the recommendations that need to be done are like, you know, they're coded in red and there's language Correct. behind them. That's there. Like, this is a real reckon. Like, I don't remember the language. Yeah. The of so head, there's but, like critical, yeah. right? So
1: you have critical recommendations that essentially is, if you don't change this, something bad will happen. Yeah. Right. This will go up in flames right. or the somebody clock is, the will clock slip is running and break on their this. back. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then there are kind of the, the highly recommended ones, right? the, the the suggested this is what we would recommend for safe and best practices but it's not critical to kind of that interaction with the public right now in this very moment
0: right so, so those critical recommendations when they come through you probably know this but i don't know um i know you send the recommendations and like maybe you're done at that point right do you do anything else after so
1: that? well we'll have that conversation with the insured right if if for us, we'll go through everything. We'll make sure that they are aware of what those recommendations are. Then once it goes through our process review and everything, we send it to the carrier or, you know, in our case, this case, our customers. Yep. So we'll send it to them and that copy will typically be sent to them and then they will send it to the agent. So everybody has the information. Right. And, and so then, um, it's kind of in, the hands of the carrier of will, do you want to continue doing this? Right. And so more often than not, there's then a window that the you underwriter, yeah, you've got 60 30 days, days, 60 days or, yeah, whatever. whatever that is. Um, and, and then some way to validate that. Yep. Right.
0: Yeah. And we've seen that on our end where we have maybe have had some critical things come through and the language is pretty direct in the report, um, that goes to the client. Um, they need to, you know, write, Sometimes they want proof that the work is done, mm-hmm. right? They're like, you've got to fix this fire hazard. You have to take a picture and prove it. And then we're good to go. Right. You know, and then there's language in there that says, you know, if you don't do this by this day, we, we might non renew your policy and you're going to have to go someplace else. Um, and well, and so- if
1: those things aren't changed, then good luck getting another policy. Right.
0: Yeah. And so again, Trying to help business owners create a safe environment is what this is, um, and sometimes they just want to. Some in some instances, they just want they want to know that the business owner has seen this report, mm-hmm. that they have responded to it, and then there's a place to sign it and turn it back in. You know, so like if if it's not critical but it's recommended, they are going to want to know what are you going to do, you know, to fix this or to to better this situation we may not non-renew you but we need to know that you're aware of this and that you have something in place that's going to fix it yeah this is on the radar right yeah so yeah it's all that's that's how loss control inspections are done
1: yeah and by and large um there are recommendations and it's a process of get this fixed make it better do what you need to do in order to move forward yep right um there has there in my experience i have not had many where it has been holy crap drop the policy now right, right. this is this is bad
0: yeah yeah all right there you go that covers loss control inspections so thanks david for coming in and sharing that we're going to do a part 2 of this and we're going to talk next week about premium control audits which is also important and we cover some really good stuff there so thank you so much for listening you can find me all over the place i'm on linkedin you can find me on twitter and Instagram at Dietz Agency. Also, don't forget to check out Agency Launch at agencylaunch.net, which is currently 50% off for a limited time. If you use the code 2023, uh, you can get your entire training that you need. The training you're not currently getting is waiting for you, and it is, uh, I'm pricing it for you in a way that you can uh, have no excuse but to get in and buy it. So again, agencylaunch.net, the code is 2023. Thank you so much for listening. Keep up the good work.